welcome to Off the Elevator with Joe and Jesse. You got me here, Joe. Jesse over there. What's up, Jesse? What up, boo? Not much. We, uh, episode one. First episode, what do you think? I guess we're going to tell people about us a little bit. Don't nobody know who we are. Don't nobody know you. Nobody know you? Ain't nobody knows me. Me and Jesse met because her husband was a lifelong friend of mine. We went to middle school together from, I think, the sixth or seventh grade. That's what he says. Sixth or seventh grade. And then y'all got together. What year was that? Well, the first time was in 95, maybe. 96, 95. Right. Small break, and then again in, for this last time, I should say, in 99. 99. 99. So, that, what what year did we meet? Well, we met the first time in 95. Right. 1995. 1995. Okay. Babies. So, that was a long time ago. Yeah, a really long time ago. I mean, are we trying to say how long ago yeah, it was? Yeah, do no, the math. I don't really Do no. the math. It was a long time ago. So, me and Jesse's known each other that long, and that's how we met, through one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And... You might be saying, well, why are y'all doing a podcast together? Jesse, why are we doing a podcast together? Well, we both have similar experiences with alcoholism, um, with our faith, and we realize that actually, we come to realize that through getting sober, that we had something in common and that we had the ability to share it with other people. So that's why we're here doing it. And I totally feel led to do it by God because I've learned that talking about my alcoholism, my addiction, T totally helps me 100%. It's unexplainable, unexplainable. And we are both in, would you say, infancy of recovery? For sure. So I quit and on August the 8th, 2020. And I quit on July 29th of 2020. So you're about a good week ahead of me. About right. So, and then we got to talking and found that out about each other, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And was like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) cuh. And so we decided to do the podcast and i'm really pumped up about it what about you i'm very excited how excited are you super excited super excited yeah super excited so here we are off the elevator so i want to start by y'all maybe getting to know a little bit about how we started would you call it an alcoholic career is that goofy to say well no i mean i don't I, i don't think i refer to it as that I think that for me, I didn't realize I had a problem until I had a problem. Right. You know, so when we were talking about how we were going to, you know, explain this, how we got here, thinking about how I got to the point where I was like, okay, 
this is a problem and what do I need to do about it? Um, I realized at that point that I had had a problem a lot longer than I ever knew. Um, but it, it got probably really bad, progressively bad in the last five years. Okay. So <clears throat> you got little baby Joe. 1976 model bicentennial baby oh wow bicentennial baby vintage 1980 up in here right here an 80s baby 80s baby so i would say i never really even thought about alcohol until i was a teenager i don't remember taking a drink before i was a teenager do you not before i was a teenager i you know which is really funny you know, my husband and I talk about it. You know, I had my first drink at 13, and it and it wasn't – I mean, I guess I wouldn't say everybody does it, but it kind of was one of those things where, like, you know, I don't recall ever being, you know, smitten by it at the moment. But even after that, I didn't drink regularly for years. I never really liked to drink, which was really odd. Right. Um up until I was in my 20s, late 20s. Right. I don't remember. I remember seeing a stepdad of mine drink some beers here and there, but not nothing heavy, nothing that you would think excessive when I was younger. Right. It was a little different for me. My father was an alcoholic, and um, he drank – essentially drank himself to death. He died of a heart attack in 92. That was as a result of, of drinking heavily. So it's kind of like I knew, you know, I knew what, quote unquote, what it looked like when you had a problem. Um, but I didn't know the ins and outs. And, you know, I thought, well, I got all the way through my 20s and I didn't have a problem. I thought, well, right. I missed that, you know. Right. <laughs> Right. It must be. It must not be. I don't know. It must not have gotten that genetic marker or whatever. Um, so it. Didn't, so, but it. It was something you thought about. Uh, absolutely. Really. You know, and and I didn't like it, and I don't know if I say I didn't like it. I don't know if I didn't like it because I had an underlying fear that it might be there, or you know. But I can remember trying different types of alcohol, and you know. It wasn't like I didn't drink. I just didn't drink often. Um, and it was usually some sort of celebration. But I remember early in life, you know, probably late teens, I mean, wondering, is this going to, could this be me? Right. Um, having seen what I saw as a child. You know, in 92, my, I was 12 when my father died. So for as much as I could remember, up to 12. Um, but he didn't drink. He, I, I shouldn't say that. He he stopped drinking in 89, so he had several years of sobriety. He was a dry drunk. He didn't work a program or or change. I mean, it was tough for him. He felt um, it was begrudging that he couldn't drink. Right. He, he couldn't drink for medical reasons and just from the life he lived is what the result of the heart failure was. So, so, so do you do you have – so you took your first drink, you think, at 13? I was probably 12, 12 or 13. Beer? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it was George Dickel and Mountain Dew. Was it just a drink? 
No, it wasn't like a swallow. It was like a it was like a mixed drink. Like you pour it together in a cup, and I drank. So it. you drank the whole thing. Correct. Okay. Do you remember anything about that? Do you remember the feeling you got, or well, I've without going too too no, no, far no. into detail. Well, that's what they say. You know, if we we drink because we like the effect that it has on us, but I don't recall that at this point. I'm sure there may have been, um, but all these years later, I don't recall specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it tasted like crap. Right. <laughs> you know, but in the but other than that, I don't have any recollections of it being you know life altering. I remember, like if I, if I took a drink before this time, I don't remember it. So I, I definitely wouldn't doubt that I did. But if I did, I don't remember. I'm going to say my first real experience with alcohol was around the time of 15, I believe. 15, maybe 16. Uh, And I'm sure that was probably with your husband. That doesn't surprise me at all. Well, we had a buddy that it was a his brother's buddy that worked for Budweiser and he would bring us beer like a whole case right not a case that's in the box like you get it at the convenience store Mm -hmm. the delivery case Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. that would have the six packs lined up and sometimes we'd buy it from him sometimes we wouldn't good guy y'all don't get the wrong impression good guy Uh, so it's probably around that time that i remember drinking but i do remember alcohol even if it wasn't from him it was easy to get like so the the question i have for you is what you had for me do you recall what it was like i recall just getting tore up as they would say as you would say just drunk every time the first time i should say did you did you get that way the first time the first time absolutely i mean we had to drink the whole thing Wow. Uh, but there was probably three or four of us, you know. And then, of course, as, as time went on, teenagers, we'd score some whiskey. And that's probably the first time I remember throwing up, being sick from alcohol, wow. was me and your husband got some Jack Daniels and some beer. And that was rough. I'm talking about rough. Yeah, he's still a Jack Daniels fan. Not me. <laughs> That 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 night broke me right off the reel. Okay, so so there we are, teenagers mm-hmm. drinking us some alcohol. Now you mentioned your twenties. Mm-hmm. You got through your twenties. Yay! I don't have the trait. Right. Well, I um. You know, I didn't. I mean, I went through high school. I'm not going to say I didn't occasionally drink. I did. I went away to school. I went to Georgia Southern, which everybody's like, "Oh God, going to Georgia Southern." Um. I was in Georgia Southern for a year and a half. Um, I obviously went to parties. I drank. You know, it wasn't. um, It was at that point probably more because everybody else was doing it. Not because I felt that I liked it or needed it or was um, had an affection for it. Um, So it didn't it, it didn't stick. I mean, it would go. I mean, I just didn't, wasn't my preference at that point. And into my 20s, I 
would occasionally, you know, margaritas when we went to Mexican or whatever. It was never a big deal. You know, my husband's always like, you know, we'll try this. And because it was never anything that I really liked. And at some point, there was there was what I like to I mean, I, it feels like a switch for me because it went from no, I don't like that to this is what I drink only. Right. And, and, you know, it was probably around uh, my late 20s. If I had to guess, you know, 2007 or 8, um, I started drinking vodka and Red Bull. Right. Okay. And from that point on, that was it. That's all I drank. Well, I know through, through my 20s, which I met my wife uh, when I was 18, about to turn 19. And she was a good deal older than me. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll skip over that part. But she was, <laughs> she was, she's quite a bit older than me. And so she was able to buy it. So I went from it being easy to get to it's even easier now. Mm-hmm. So I drank. I would, I would definitely say I drank more than what I normally did because before when I was before I met her, it was on the weekends, more like a Friday and Saturday night type thing. Right. Always a Saturday, you know, always a Saturday with some Fridays thrown in there. Um, so we did that. She was able to buy it. And I did I did notice in my early 20s, hey, man, you're drinking six, eight beers a night on up till I was about 22. And I said, yeah, that's enough. Cold turkey quit for a year. Uh, at the end of that year to celebrate that year (laughs) i started back drinking and it was beer right occasionally some tequila you know but if i was drinking it was going to be beer Mm -hmm. you know somebody come over and they had some liquor or something i drank it but nothing like i drunk the beer sure so rocked on through the 20s and uh when i got later in my 20s had some babies two boys two boys uh four years apart are they four years apart oh little babies yeah still call them babies and they're grown yeah four no they're three years apart three years apart so went on through the 20s like that and then uh 2007 2008 I got saved. The Lord saved my soul. But at that time, I had already learned. Well, I thinking back on it, mm-hmm. my drinking was a little bit at a higher level than everybody else around me. Like I was drinking 12, 16 beers a night. Mm-hmm. Pretty regular. Right. Now, it wasn't unusual to quit for two weeks. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to quit for two weeks. Maybe I wouldn't drink for two weeks. But when that two weeks was over, it was right back. Mm-hmm. Full steam ahead. 12, 16 beers a night. Every night. You know, but I had a group of buddies that that's what we did. We hung around and drunk beer. Right. We hunted fish, shotguns. It was just cut. kind of part of the gig. We all worked together. Mm-hmm. 
you know the stereotypical we working a long day we're gonna have a beer at the end of the day you know yeah i can totally relate to that i started managing property in i don't know 2002 four two probably the year we got married and it's kind of a stigma i mean in the property management industry everywhere you go every convention they have everything you do it's like if you did what we did you would drink you know so it just kind of was a a regular occurrence as far as my career drinking at events at company parties at you know you know and then the more it carried on it's it became just like you said it's just like what we did it's like oh you want to have drinks yeah we're gonna have drinks and happy hour became a regular occurrence for sure right did did you feel at that time you it was altering your personality in any way no was there any stigma attached to it no i could say for me uh about 2006 2007 when it really ramped up my drinking uh it it become more of what i did it it started to ease over from what i did to who i was you make mm. sense unknowingly of course looking back now unknowingly right as the as the habit but the addiction grew right. is that what you're saying right right it it become more from what i did to who i was you know like i had sure. to do that to be who i was right and so, you replaced your goals with right, it right you adjusted your goals to fit your drinking as well, opposed to it, changing your drinking to fit your goals it's, it's like i've said before i become the guy that hank williams jr wrote all those songs about right that's when i got my nickname cornbread now i'm only calling myself joe on this podcast by the way y'all because that's what jesse has always called me that's right is joe but everybody else calls me cornbread but no that's about that time you know i I believe it sort of changed my characterism Mm -hmm. you you see does that make sense i don't think that's a word but it does make sense are are you part of are you miss webster i mean I'm just saying. I'm just representing the fact that right. feeling like that's not a real word. So, yeah, about that time. So now I got babies. Mm-hmm. The Lord saved my soul. Things got better. You know what I mean? I said, okay, I can't do this no more. But unknowing at the time, my level of drinking was so much higher than what I realized. My ramping it down wasn't enough. Right. Wasn't enough. And it didn't hold on for too long. Well, it's funny that you say that because when you talk about your your um, getting saved and, you know, I was saved in, when I was nine years old. And I remember that and I remember the day and I remember the baptism and, you know, I went through my life, you know, with a little bit of a spiritual background Um. You know, but it it became a point for me, not when my drinking started. I mean, I always had a, you know, I had faith. I mean, I just didn't feel completely connected. And as I, you know, we, to put the timeline together and you talk about this is what happened to you and it got better. And part of it did get better. I joined a church about the same time my drinking was really getting heavy. 
if you will. 2009, 2010, um, I got rebaptized. I recommitted myself to the church. I, I knew that there was something that I was missing. But at the time, I mean, even up until the end, I mean, I have to be clear about that, even up until the the day before I or the day I took my last drink, I didn't really know that I, I had a serious problem, that I had had a serious problem. Right. Like, I, you know, but part of that, too, was that that struggle in me back and forth. You know what what my faith says I should do. And I'm trying to grow my faith and I'm trying to, like you said, at that point, I had a single child and I had an only child at that time. And I'm in, you know, I'm going from my 20s to my 30s and what is life supposed to be? And I have this career that I'm trying to advance and I am doing all of these things. And what does God want me to do? And, you know, it just picked up. Right. You know, it just picked up. Um, but it was, um, it was a big part of the last 10 years of my life is figuring out how to walk in my faith and then s- tremendously so in the last year. But I caught that when you said you were saved in 08 and how it kind of changed a little bit because it is, you know, I say it all the time. I'm like, my faith alone didn't keep me sober, you know, and that was tough for me because I wasn't connected. I didn't know how to get connected. But when you, like you said, talking about this with other people, you know, being in a situation where I can work a program and I can have people who are like me to talk about it with brought me closer to God than I had ever imagined. Right, right. And that, I'm, I'm glad you said that. So I'm, I'm not in a program, but talking to you about what you do helps me immensely. And, you know, I, I had the opportunity to be a guest on a podcast, mm-hmm. the 3 of 7 po- podcast. And once I did that, it, uh, it, it, the people that it's brought into my life, the um, the ability that it's gave me to be just totally open and transparent about what I've went through and give my testimony, absolutely wish I would have done it immediately. Right. But I'm sure God had it set up for me to do it when I was capable to do it. For sure. Um. Well, it's like it's like the the scripture says, where where there are two, he is there. Right. So, and we've talked about this before where iron sharpens iron, you know, specifically in our faith and and specifically in the struggles that we have in life and with the fact that we with our drinking, those are the things that we can relate to and as long as, you know, we have people that we can share that with to say, "Hey, we know exactly what it's like to be in this place." You know, to be in a space that says, "Okay, I have this faith. I have this desire. I, you know, I like to drink a lot. And when I drink, I don't stop. You know, when I, when I have a bad day, I drink. When I have a good day, I drink. Like this, these fighting battles against yourself. It's when you're in that, it's like you keep that isolated to yourself. But being able to talk to someone about it and say, I don't understand why I feel this way or this way, doesn't mean that I'm any less a Christian or that I'm any more you know, an, a bad person. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, now we're in our 30s, early 30s. Yes. Uh, 2009-ish, 
2012. You're a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. So we're in our 30s, uh, our early 30s for me. And uh, I get a different job. I go to be a police officer. So now the man that Hank Williams Jr. wrote all his songs about has become Batman. Right. Batman. And I'm doing it basically in my hometown where everybody knows cornbread. And everybody thinks it's so great that cornbread's going to save the city. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was the life of the party. I kept that mentality no matter what I was doing. Sure. And uh, so I went to work at night's. And so I was off at night by myself. We worked 15 days a month. Mm -hmm. So for 15 nights out of the month, I was by myself, straight up getting tore up. Didn't have nothing to do. I'd I'd quit coon hunting years ago. Uh, I didn't have anything to do because I wanted to drink. For sure. I know that now. but, but when- Well, part of it, too. I mean, my question to you in that is the the career change, the home environment, the age, the job, the family. I mean, for me, all of those things kind of stack up. Right. And the pressure. I mean, you went from being, you know, the man who takes care of your home and your family and your wife and your kids – to being the police officer who takes care of everybody in the town that you were raised in. Um, It's a lot, in my opinion, just hearing it feels like a lot of pressure. But I think for everybody, it's always that pressure that builds up that says, we have to to do everything we have to do. And see, but I never felt that pressure. Not once? If I did, it wasn't overwhelming. You know what I mean? Maybe case-specific. Like if you had a bad case at work and it was right. stressful. Yeah, maybe case-specific here and there. Uh, and then, you know, we don't want to kill y'all right now with too many of our stories. We're just basically letting y'all know who, <laughs> who we are and why we're doing this together. Um, so so you're in your early 30s. Right. I have another child, and I have an advanced career that I worked very hard for. Uh, my children are six and a half years apart, so it was a little different. Right. Um, I was older. Um, I had worked hard on my career to be successful, and I um, I wanted a second child. So, but it was a lot harder, <laughs> for sure. Right. It was a lot harder running a business and being a wife. I mean, having children separate in age, and I'm not blaming my drinking has obviously not as a result of them. It's a complete result of me. Um, but it was never, like you said, I, it wasn't pressure hindsight, right? At the time, it wasn't right. pressure. Right. At the time, it was, I want to have a good time. Right. And I felt like I always had a good time. Every day. Every day. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but at that point, I mean, not until my youngest child was a little bigger, but um, probably two, when it became a, a pretty regular occurrence throughout the week. Right. Um, like I said, and then because he's, you know, he'll be eight this year. So the last five years became, um, and I say that because I've been, you know, I've been sober almost a year, but for sure I drank every day of the week. Right. Well, I, I think it's important to say, too, you, you said you've been sober almost a year. 
we don't we don't want y'all to think we're trying to come at y'all as some experts. We're giving, absolutely we're giving our perspective on what we've went through and what we're doing. Uh, and I'm sure Je- I'm not speaking for Jesse, but in my perspective through the mighty name of Jesus, that's what I'm giving you. Right, for sure. The best way I can. I'm no expert, so I'm not saying anything I did you should do or you should tell your buddy to do or your daughter or your cousin or <laughs> your dog. No, I mean for for me it's and then I look at I look at Joe and I separately. We we had two separate situations and we dealt with it separately. You know, I I chose to to work, you know, I choose to work a 12-step program that was something that was not part of his his path at the time and we, you know, we're fighting the same battles, trying to figure out what's what's going to be the best for us and our families and how we can change and grow. And obviously, we share amongst each other, you know, his his faith into me and my program into him. And um, that's just kind of what we need for us. And hopefully, you know, it's somebody else needs it because talking about it is really the only thing that um, has helped keep us sober for sure. Right. Absolutely. So... New job. Uh, then my stepdad passes away, who was the love of my mother's life. Great, great man. He wasn't the stepdad I talked about previously that I seen drinking beer, by the way. Right. So he he come into my life later on, into my mother's life later on. Uh, he passes away. Now, I can could, I could say I felt some pressure then because mm-hmm. now my mama's by herself. Right. And uh, I wanted to get my mama closer to me. So I took, I went back to my old job. Um, went back to my old job and got it situated where mama could get closer to me. But then I was right back. Now I'm right back with those buddies every day. Um, but I, I my drinking habit was way above theirs by now. It was already a little bit higher. Now, now looking back, I think probably f- for that time it was as maxed out as it possibly could be, mm. and it it went down because my schedule changed again. I went from working fifteen days a month to now working sixty, seventy hours a week. Wow! Um, so it did go down, and then. A few years rocked on, and I, I I went back to police, and so then I'm back at my nights again. And that time it was rougher. It when I went back to the nights, uh, it it was a lot rougher then, a lot rougher. So now we're 2017 ish when I come out of that and go back to the same job. So when you left the police department the first time, and you went back. Working your old job, how long did you stay there? Uh, the first time I went to the police department, I was there about three years. No, no, after you left the police department, so you you got heavy because you were working nights, and then you left. When you went back to your old job, how long between between your bouts at the police department? Roughly three years. Wow. Yeah, roughly three years. So, um, now we're 2017. Where are you at? Well, Mason was born. So, I mean, I had a little, I mean, I didn't, you know, again, I didn't really um, 
have, quote unquote, have a problem at that point. And uh, Mason was born in 13. So, I mean, he's a few years old. I have a wonderful job that I love that just takes most of my time. And, it, you know, I worked for an awesome guy and uh, he drank like I drank. And that um, that amped it up quite a bit, you know. And I realized after the fact that most people didn't um, didn't know exactly how much I drank on a regular basis. Um, but it became, you know, when you work for someone who drinks like you drink, you know, you go to lunch, you drink. Right, you know, right. you go to happy hour, you drink. Um, you know, you go to parties on the weekends, you have bar- barbecues, you drink. I mean, and you know, and they drink like you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, it's no it's no limit. It's not, you know, and I don't guess I really thought about it at the time until after the fact, but um you know, I liked it I liked it. Right. You know, and that's really at the time, I mean, still I didn't think that was the problem. And now, you know, being sober, one of the things I learned is it's just one of the problems I had. I still have to figure out how to how to do life on life's terms. Right. You know? Well, I, th- I think when I was uh, – I, I, I didn't mention and I should have the second stint at the police department. Uh, when, I, when I was drinking at night, I moved from your regular – alcohol content beers your bud lights your natural lights to the higher octane if you will <laughs> uh bud ices you know 5.9 that's what i was drinking then 16 ounces but i was drinking them like 12 ounce bud lights right so you know i was getting up at two o'clock three o'clock p.m on my off days and drinking from then till 6 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Straight through. Straight through. And now that that would probably be the time that I did start drinking more liquor. Uh, I acquired a taste for Crown Royal Maple, <laughs> wild turkey honey, uh, things like that. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you know, a police officer let me get around some moonshine. You know, I'm gonna drink it. So that's I would I would say my the the strength of my alcohol or in between 2015 2017 definitely rose up. Right, and I, and I never noticed it. Well, it's progressive. We don't notice it. I mean, I started with you know, like I said. You know, I started with Vodka and Red Bull way back when, and it just progressively, for me, it just became a little more vodka, a little less Red Bull. Right, right. You know, a little more vodka. Then I would put water in it, and, um, you know, for some reason, I told myself that that made it, you know, I wasn't wasn't drinking it straight if I was drinking it with water. Right. Um, You know, but going from drinking a fifth in a week to drinking, you know, a fifth in half a week. And then, right. you know, drinking a handle and then drinking a handle every two days. And um, you just get it just becomes an obsession that I didn't realize was an obsession, which is like one of the things I find so amazing when I when I talk to people, because after after I got a little, you know, a little sobriety under my belt and I could think clearly looking at it, 
was a little bit crazy. Right. I mean, a little bit crazy how how much I drank on a regular basis. Right. And and for me too. I mean, looking back on it, thinking, man, you drank from. Now that wasn't every day. I said every day, but the majority of the time. Now when when me and the boys would go hunting things like that, you know, when I was off, I wasn't drinking. Uh, but that was a, that. That's around the same time my boys got their license too. So mm-hmm. then I had me some DDs. Right. You know. I had me some some designated drivers uh, that could drive me around while I was drunk. Right. Now, of course, I never, I never had an open container while they was driving, but I was drunk. Sure. And I mean, well, it gave you reason. I mean, it gave you the ability to. I mean, right. it just adjusted. You adjusted to it. So, so now we're 2017, 18. I go back to my other job. Why that man keeps letting me come back, I don't know. <laughs> but now I I work there part time as well on some of my off days, a lot of my off days. Um, it, it's funny how you look back and you you do. And now I forget the times that I wasn't drinking. You know, it's like I said sure. a while ago, I was drinking like that every day. But there was times that I wasn't. You know, when I was working part time. At my other job, hunting with the kids, fishing with the kids. There was times that I wasn't. Right. Well, I mean, one of the things I think about when we talk about this is that we can see the progression of it, but for all intensive purposes, we were still functional. Right. We didn't have the stereotypical, your husband is an alcoholic. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I mean, and a my, lot of people think, and we talk about that a lot in the program, it's like, you know, you think what you're going to get when you walk into a meeting or when you, you know, you talk about having a problem with alcohol is, you know, you think it's Skid Row, the bottom of the barrel, right. drinking out of paper bags. And, and it's really a, a progressive situation that, you know, it's respecter of no one. Right. You know, right. but for us both, I, similarly, I worked very hard. I was very successful. The chem- the more I drank, you know, at that point, like you said, 17, 18, 19, 2019, I mean, my drinking was increasing and my at that time my success was still increasing. Right. Like I was still working hard. I showed up for work. I did what I needed to do regardless of whether I, you know, had, you know, half a bottle of vodka the night before. I still got up and did right. at that point. Right. So I get yeah. to work in your job and not still being functional. Yeah, I, I would. I I wouldn't say that. I mean, my wife definitely seen it, but I wouldn't say that I was hateful, mean, hollering, screaming all the time. You know, right. the, those stereotypical things you think of. Oh, that boy's daddy's an alcoholic. Right. You know the the misery he must be living in because I was the life of the party. No matter if I was around my buddies or at the house. Sure. You know, it was happy-go-lucky all the time. So right. Wasn't late for work, didn't have financial troubles, uh, which probably helped in me not realizing this big monkey that was on my back. You know oh, what I mean? for sure. Um, so, yeah, 1920, 2019, 2020, right? Right. It ramped up for me, too. 
then I, I go from what I said was high octane to even higher octane. I go to drinking the the malt liquor beers, the Natty Daddies. The I think they're eight point one percent alcohol. And uh, you know I'm getting off at five thirty six, seven o'clock. Sometimes we work till dark. Whatever, whatever. And I'm drinking those for the longest period of time that I can drink them and still get some sleep and get up and go to work. Right. And I think back on it now, for those, now that's probably 18 when that started. Yeah, 2018. Uh, I think about how many times I must have woke up at 6 o'clock and been DUI at 6 o'clock in the morning going Mm. to work. Wow. Drinking to 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And getting to work feeling like just hammered hell. Truth. For two straight years, basically. Mm-hmm. All the way till 11 or 12 o'clock saying, I ain't drinking nothing tonight. This is bull crap. Mm-hmm. I ain't drinking nothing tonight. Uh, and then by 11 or 12 o'clock, I'm feeling fine. So all that I ain't drinking yep. no more, that's done washed out the window. You know, I did this. I thought, well, you know, and I, I can see it now because, you know, I drank vodka for all those years. And then I would go, OK, all right, man, I'm totally drinking too much vodka. So I'm going to I'm going to try these, you know, seltzer drinks, you know. So I did the truly white cloth thing and, you know, and then I wouldn't drink that. And then I would go, well, I'm going to try beer. You know, maybe I won't drink so much. And then I would. Then I'd drink beer, and I'd be like, well, that's just a bunch of crap. And, <laughs> you know, I tried all these different things to say, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to drink today. But it's like you said, I would go, even on my worst, like, you know, sick, just, just death warmed over. And by lunchtime, you know, sometimes I'd be like, well, I'll just get hair of the dog. You know? Right, right. And it was it, it just progressive. It's like oh, I'm not gonna drink, uh, not gonna drink before three o'clock because nobody drink. You know, only real alcoholics drink before three right, o'clock. Right. <laughs> you know, and then some days I would, I would drink for lunch, and some days I would, uh, you know, put Bailey's in my coffee, right, and uh, not think anything was wrong with that, right. You know, so I, it was definitely, you know, baffling. For sure, I, I would say though for that for that two years, eighteen, two thousand eighteen, two that through two thousand twenty, is when I probably really realized I had an issue for that whole two years, and it sort of makes me wonder why when I realized that my drinking ramped up even more. That's and I, interesting. And I and I can't say that's why I did, but you know, looking back, I'm wondering, hmm, why through 2018 to the the good middle of 2021 was I drinking even more and more and more when I realized I had a problem. I don't know. Well, I think that, you know, the problem with alcohol for for people like us is that uh <laughs> despite what we want we can't we can't put it down we can't stop you know when i start drinking 
I'm going to drink till I can't drink anymore. Right. You know, um, and as it progresses, you know, it becomes like that. I'm just going to have one more. I'm just going to have one more. And, uh, you know, the, the obsession, the addiction to that says, man, I know this isn't right, but I have to do it. Right, right. You know, and it's like any other addiction. It just warps your thinking. Right. You know, the alcohol warps our brain process. You know, it makes our thinking not right. And, and so I've said it, I said it, you know, when I say it, I wasn't sure I had a problem. I mean, it wasn't that, you know, people, and I won't say people, you know, but the people that were close to me, you know, that's, wow. They make calls like, wow, you, you drank all of that? Or, wow, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, I knew, I mean, it's the signs were there, but it didn't matter. I mean, I wasn't like you said. I wasn't, you know, sloppy or sad or it was fun. And it was always fun. I was right. always, you know, happy, go lucky um, when I drank. So that's like, and, and it made me forget about everything else. Right. So regardless of what was going on or what happened, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, you know, I always right. felt better. Right. In my mind, I felt better. Right. So what led us up to here? or led me to quit drinking is it was a a conviction through talking to a friend um not the conviction wasn't the conviction was through god but i'd been talking with a friend and knew it was on my back and uh was out at the hunting club one day and prayed on the side of a pine thicket and uh you know said lord i know i got a problem i need you to show me what to do tell me how to get rid of this and on the way home i audibly heard him say humility right and i immediately knew you know he he knew what was in my heart when i was praying uh to him he knew he he knew you know and he he knew how to push my free will to make me do what I asked him to make me do and he said humility and I immediately knew that I had to tell my wife and kids and when I walked through that door and sat down gathered them up and told them and uh, that was August the 8th 2021 wow I had a similar experience um I wasn't on a pine thicket. You ain't never been in a pine thicket? I mean, let's just be clear. Just I feel like that half was, the people listening are not gonna wanna know not that, gonna know what a pine thicket is. That was out at my hunting club. Right, right. But what's a pine thicket? It's where all the pines grow really close together when they're when they're young and it's thick. There's all kinds of bars and like there. the little baby Christmas trees is what you're talking about. Nothing like the little baby Christmas trees. What are you talking about? I don't about? know. You say pines growing up together. Like pine, a pine tree? Pine trees. Plural. Okay. Growing up together. Little little baby pine trees is a pine thicket. No. We're, get, we're getting distracted. I, I'm just saying no You're getting pine distracted. Trees. Out at the hunting club. Anyway. Nah. Um so yeah, that's the story of our life. I'm like, you can't say things that people don't know. It's weird. But um no, I uh for me, I <laughs> not that I want to try to blame it on the Rona, but I worked a job for a company that said, you know, 
it was possible for us to continue to work steady remotely. And um, for years, at this point, I realized I adjusted my work to suit my drinking and not the other way around. Um, But it it created a a situation where it was easier to drink every day. And I, um, in, in sitting alone more often than not, (laughs) <laughs> and then having having a conversation with a friend, which I find, you know, like I said, God puts people in our lives to give us things that we can't see ourselves. And I truly believe that, that, you know, I could not have seen it or heard it from anyone else. But just having that one person say to me, just as calmly and clearly is, you really need to get this in check. And it couldn't, I mean, it couldn't have been any simpler than that, that it was. And I said, man, it just, it spoke to me. And I um, went home and I looked up somebody that I knew from church that uh, volunteered in a recovery program, had no idea that she was in recovery herself. I just knew that she volunteered at church and I sent her a message and she shared with me. I hadn't talked to her in nine months and she shared with me that she was in recovery. Um, she was a recovering alcoholic and said, let's go to a meeting tomorrow. And uh, I had drank all day, almost that day. And I drank till 2 a.m. <laughs> one of those one of those spiritual awakenings, if you will, like I couldn't drink enough at that point. And I got up and went to a meeting at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning the next morning and I Hadn't drank since, Lord willing, but it came to a spiritual awakening, 100%. Because it's not like I hadn't been told or hadn't been said to me or I didn't know or it was any kind of different behavior that I had ever had. Um, that day just happened to be the day that God spoke through that person. So, Amen. Amen. So, yeah, that's who we are, y'all. That's how I know Jesse. Right. That that is how I know Jesse. That's how I know Joe, aka Cornbread. Corn, which is weird. Cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, uh, y'all check us out, man. We've got a lot of, a lot of good things planned. A lot of good subject topics coming up. Right. Uh, like I said, I feel led to do this. I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to do it with Jesse. Uh. Y'all, please check us out. Right. And, uh, we just want to encourage and inspire people that it's, you know, it's not about, it's not formal in any way, shape, or form, because I have zero idea what I'm doing, and I know oh, absolutely. absolutely nothing. Right. Um, well, but I can do that. I can say that out loud now and understand that I don't have to have all the answers. And, you know, if something I say helps somebody, then that's great. And hopefully something that someone else says helps me. That's just what it's about. Exactly, exactly. I, you know, you hear so many stories of where people seem to be past the finish line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not knocking anybody, anybody's story or anybody te- anybody's testimony. For sure. But from what I get, I get the most from somebody that's in the in the battle. Yeah, the struggle is real. Right. 
that's, I'm just saying that that's that's what I get now. Now all the others good and fine, and there's a lot of value in their stories, but uh, sure. And so. it probably for us, for me, how I look at it is you know value for me in the future. If you know, I want to go to what what is relevant for me at the moment. Right. You know. Right. I want to know what it's like. You know, for for other people. And I mean, I've been sober nine months. Right. I, I'm no I'm no sobriety guru. Absolutely not. Um, you know, but it's it's nice to be able to share that with somebody. So that's that's a plus for you and Wait, for me. And you know when you when you give your testimony, it's a uh, uncanny how the it, it's uncanny how people come out the woodwork and want to give their testimony as well. Sure. And I I just feed off that. I eat it up. I, I know because you've had that experience. I have not quite, you know. Well, you, but I, I kept a lot of my, my a lot of my stuff, with, and you'll you'll hear throughout the, the our, our time doing this. I'm sure Joe's going to tell y'all at my uh, little my, my my resistance to many many things, right? And having to uh, be walked through and and led through, and God has done major things in my life with Him and through Him. So I'm blessed for that. But it. Uh, it's not easy telling people about your stuff. Well, when you get in the habit, it it ain't that bad. It's pretty victorious, if you ask me. Well, we'll see. We're yeah. about to tell everybody our stuff. That's right. And let it, and hope other people will tell us their stuff. Man, we I already got some gas lined up, so I feel like you need to get on the gas training. Get us some gas lined up. Hey, I'm just taking in whatever God gives us. Whoever wants to tell us our stuff, their stuff, I'm I'm game. Good good deal. Well, I'm out of coffee. Me too. I think that's good for now. Truth. Y'all check us out. We're off the elevator. Holla at you. Holla.